Hello and welcome to the Morning Skate Podcast. I am Matt Moody, joined by DJ Mitchell here to go over uh, Tuesday's seven-game slate here in the NHL. Uh, DJ, today's date is October 25th, uh, going into the 26th uh, game of hockey. How you doing, brother? Matt, let's not waste anyone's time here. Just get right into it. Let's not even... I'm oh. doing shitty compared to you. <laughs> let's go. I mean, you know. I, I certainly can't really blame you there. Uh, yeah, so on Monday night when we're recording this, uh, we had a wonderful slate that started at 7, a last game, puck drop at 8, an island game. And uh, yeah, it's 1040 and we're done with the slate. We're done with everything. So um, yeah, it's safe to say that I pretty much won every contest on DraftKings. Uh, pretty cool. I, I've, you know, obviously had great nights before, but Usually it's not been my main lineup that's been doing, you know, every piece of damage. And um, yeah, I won the 222. I won the 40 with the same lineup. And then with a different lineup, I won the uh, 15 for a cool 20K. Finished uh, first, fifth, and seventh, you know, assuming these scores are all final. Um, But I won the $15 by uh, 15 points and the 222 by 20 points. Um, so not really much here to sweat as we go through stat corrections. Um, but yeah, all, uh, all things considered a great night over here in the uh, Moody residence. Yeah. I've, I neglected to play. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it, it was, it was funny because, um, you know, I listened to, I don't know. I don't even think I finished your Mayo show, but you were like, I like the Washington Ottawa over. Yeah. No. And you know, my game. I, that, that was the game. Yeah. I, I, I had had my lineups in at that point, but I'm like, you go DJ, like you get it, you get that money. And uh, you know, and obviously uh, you were just like, nah, like I'm just going to give out the goods of the people. I, I'm going to yeah. take the night off and play some shitty football lineups. instead. Yeah, I, I, well, like, it was one of those things where I wasn't going to be home till seven because I had stuff to do. And I was like, well, if I'm going to be home till seven, there's really no point in trying to figure this slate out on my phone at the gym. Like I'm never going to do it. And I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm not even going to regret it because I probably would not have come up with the, the perfect storm of a lineup. Because I also, <laughs> yeah. I, I didn't like the St. Louis side that much. Like I liked Tarasenko, but I didn't really like the St. Louis side in general, which is, you know, it just was so concentrated that it just hit. So, yeah, I mean, it's, um, I, 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 I like the stars as well. Like I thought they had, were in a good spot and I just, I don't know if I want to talk myself into any of it, but at the end of the day, when you don't play, you can't lose, but when you do play, you can win all the money. And I want to just go over kind of your process that led you to that lineup before we get started with the next slate. No, I, uh, I certainly hear you. Um, this obviously is, uh, you know, something that doesn't really happen all the time. Uh, but I think, you know, if we just want to talk about what I did and we can sort of assume that, you know, if you do this exact same thing next slate or whatever, there's certainly no guarantee because this honestly isn't all that different from how I like to play. Um, you know, I, I, so when I have more time, I've been trying to get into more of like the max entry GPP type stuff where, you know, I'm playing 75 lineups, I'm playing a hundred or whatever in the main contest. Um, but I've just simply not really had that much time outside of working and doing the show and, you know, hanging out in the discord and doing all the research and stuff um, to actually build these lineups. So my 
approach going into the night was pretty much what I've done for the last few years, uh, where it's been, I've, you know, I've had about 10 to 15, maybe 20 lineups. And I really try and stick around like one spot or, you know, one core set of players. And for me tonight, that just so happened to be the Ottawa uh, side of things. Their first line, top power play, uh, Norris, Kachuk, Batherson, Chabot. I think they were in seven of my 10 uh, that I built tonight. And then I also was very high on the St. Louis a power play stack. I just thought David Perron was underpriced. Tarasenko was underpriced for how he's been playing uh, coming off of his injury here. And so I just really like both of them in this spot. And I tried to build a lot of teams around those two. And then obviously the Ottawa stack. So my 10 teams were really sort of mixing and matching in terms of, you know, other stacks that I kind of liked and, you know, could fit in there with them. Um, so the team that really did all the damage in the 15 that finished in first by 16 points, uh, well, actually let's start with the main lineup because that one's, you know, a bit more straightforward. Uh, basically I built it, the Ottawa four man stack that I just mentioned. I built a three man stack of the St. Louis power play triangle, so to speak. Peron, Tarasenko, Krug, you know, those are the three guys passing the puck around uh, on the point on the power play. And then that left me with about 90, I think it left me exactly 8K in salary um, to fill out my last center spot and then my goalie spot. Um, so, you know, what I did in my main team was I completely punted center. I played Alex Barry-Boulay. Uh, he actually put up zero. It didn't matter. Um, and then I played Jacob Markstrom, who put up 22. Um, you know, uh, when you consider the fact that, uh, by the way, if you want to see these lineups, I post the links to them in the discord. Um, so, you know, you can go check it out yourself or obviously results DB on Roto grinders or, you know, fantasy cruncher has lineup rewind. You can follow this all yourself if you want. Um, but honestly, it's not that crazy of a team. It's just a four, three, one. Uh, I just said, yep, this is my main team. I feel the best about these two spots and. The, the one-off I could live with, Barry Boulay replacing Maroon. Uh, he actually did get some power play time. He was on the ice five, six on five at the end of the game. So that was pretty cool. Um, you know, put up zero still. But uh, so anyway, I feel you know really good about that. Obviously, I uh, got really nice low ownerships on the Ottawa guys that, frankly, I was a little bit surprised by, especially given Batherson's sub 5K price tag. Um, but anyway, I, so from there, I basically made a bunch of combinations. Uh, for example, I also finished fifth uh, because I got a few more points out of uh, Lewis DeRynan and Merz Lincolns. Uh, they were, you know, a 2v2 basically off of my main team. They got three more points, finished in fifth. And then I wanted a bit of game stack action in Ottawa. So the team that won everything, I started it off with Norris, Batherson, Kachuk, Chabot. And then I put an OV think, you know, the thinking being if Ottawa has a ceiling game, it's probably via power plays. And there's, you know, I actually mentioned this in discord earlier, but there's no better indicator of future penalties than like which team took the last penalty. Like, you know, no matter who the players are, you are more likely to draw a penalty. If you just took a penalty, that's the way referees work. So I said, you know, this is kind of my game stack where Ovechkin captures so much of the Washington offense uh, no, I didn't even have TJ Oshi, who, you know, uh, freaking put up a hat trick. Um, 
So with that lineup, you know, with those guys in mind, I needed a really cheap center wing combo. I just so happened to land on Backlund and Coleman. Uh, obviously, I liked Markstrom a lot. He was my highest owned goalie. So it made a lot of sense. You know, uh, Coleman put up 30, eight shots, two points, like obviously total ceiling night from him. Backlund, too, just had a smash. And then Matt Roy to cap it off. Um, so really nothing too crazy there. I tried to get as correlated as I could, got some game stacks in. Um, and, you know, we can talk about the lineups that didn't win all the money, <laughs> um, but they were mostly mixtures of Toronto, uh, some secondary Florida pieces. And then uh, actually that was about it. And then I, I had a uh, St. Louis onslaught that didn't do much of anything. Um, but yeah, those were my teams. Uh, it was, you know, obviously a really fun sweat toward the end there. Um, and yeah, hopefully this is, uh, something that you guys enjoyed. Um, I certainly appreciate, uh, everyone reaching out. Uh, you can probably hear it right now. My discord is going bananas. Um, but yeah, DJ, uh, what do you have to say? I, I feel like I just took up five minutes of your time there. Um, yeah, I mean, no, it was, it was, it was interesting to listen to. Yeah. I mean, I, I do feel like, um, it's like, like the the thing you mentioned to me before i'm not sure if we're talking about the podcast it's like your strategy might not work every time you might lose six slates in a row but the way that that lineup comes together is kind of maximizing gpp and like if you're not kind of taking this in if you're someone that does play a lot of the 15 dollar and you know kind of those big prize pool not as many people cash like this is kind of the strategy of winning it all so um keep that in mind and you know, that's kind of when we go through these games, we mentioned some of those punts because like to get that optimal lineup, you might need to put that in there to get the, the right game stack. So, so we can get ready to it at this point, unless there's anything else you wanted to mention. Yeah, no, uh, you know, just one thing I was talking about last week, you know, I had that close call with the, the fantasy hockey world championship, uh, by the way, I won two more tickets tonight into the $300 qualifier. So I'll go right back at it again on this, uh, this lovely Tuesday. Um, but I finished in whatever it was like fifth at the, you know, but I had a real big sweat there and I was basically, I played a three, three, two. And what I was saying was I had the perfect pieces to turn one of those threes into a fourth guy on the team that I felt best about. And then, you know, make it a four, three, one or yeah. Four, three, one, basically um, that, you know, just the, having that fourth guy when there's four or five goals that happen, uh, it's a big deal, uh, you know. So I think just making sure you're getting as much correlation as possible sort of before you try and jam in your best plays. Um, because, you know, frankly, what I struggle with too is, you know, I want to play five guys on every lineup and they're all in different spots, they're all in different teams, but you can really, you know, you can make five good lineups by playing, you know, a stack around two of your favorite guys in that team and a third one off and the two other guys and a third one off on another team. So really just being correlated and stacking as much as you can possibly manage um, without being stupid is really something that I tried to focus on. I've done that for the last week or so after that close call. And uh, you know, it's nice to have it hit here, uh, but yeah, we can move on. Uh, obviously when we win, when we lose, like this whole cast, we are a forward thinking show. Um, so uh, let's get right on into uh, Tuesday here. All right. Yeah. So we have seven games, as you already mentioned. Um, a lot of actually, at least a fair number of teams on back to back. So Calgary on a back to back against New Jersey, Tampa on a back to back against Pittsburgh, 
Vegas at Colorado, San Jose at Nashville, Minnesota at Vancouver, and Winnipeg at Anaheim. I think that is – nope, and Montreal at Seattle. So a few back-to-backs. Um, is there any preliminary things you want to get to or just go game by game and we'll get to them as we go? Um, yeah, I mean, on the Pittsburgh front, they're basically missing everyone. Uh, Latang sounds like he uh, – you know, he it sounds like he tested positive again on Monday, so his availability Tuesday is almost certainly none. Uh, Crosby's on the path toward playing, but you know, not not playing on Tuesday, but he's you know he's getting healthier, I should say. Um, but he's not going to be going on Tuesday by all looks of things, um, unless their plan for him is to play him on the second power play unit, which uh, I don't mm-hmm. think that's very likely. Uh, and then you know, along the same lines, Jeff Carter. Um, he is likely still out. We're not entirely sure, but it's probably a situation very similar to Chris Letang's. And then uh, Jake Gensel is basically the only guy healthy with Brian Rust also on the shelf of week to week. So Pittsburgh immediately gives us a lot of good values going up against Tampa. Um, So that can sort of be like your, you know, your catalyst if you're looking for some cheaper plays to make some of these studs work. Um, do we have Winnipeg news on their main guys? Because it's been a little bit for, for them. Um, double check. I didn't really yeah. see anything. I went through so, most of the teams and it was not so easy. Yeah. With, um, with like, and then just sort of a couple other like macro thoughts looking at the slate. Um, Vegas finally seems like they've been priced up. Um, you know, it, it's, it's not crazy high for them but it's certainly much higher than it's been in the past couple weeks um so on the road in colorado i don't feel great about that um you know i we will talk about that game a bit more in depth but i kind of think that colorado is uh, one of my favorite uh, sides here and then um just looking at the defense position guys like victor hedman and roman yossi have eclipsed the 7k mark hedman is 79 Yossi is 74, um, and then Petrangelo is 71. Uh, by the way, these are all obviously DraftKings uh, prices. If you're listening to this and you didn't know that I was talking about DraftKings this whole time, uh, then apologies, but, you know, uh, so be it. And then even a guy like Matt Dumba is priced up to 6,200. Um, however, Brent Burns remains at 6,400, and then Kill McCarr is 6K. Um Got to keep an eye on ownership to see, make sure he's not going to be like uber chalk. But if we're talking ceiling, uh, Kale McCarr is certainly, you know, up there for <laughs> uh, in terms of ceiling. So for that price, I think he makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, we can go through game by game because I think those are sort of like the main thoughts I had just sort of originally going through this slate. Okay, yeah. Um, Winnipeg, uh, Wheeler and Shifley are still in COVID protocol, okay. and Maurice said that um, Wheeler actually was symptomatic and yep. will probably uh, be out longer. Other yeah. than that, there's really no big news. Okay. Yep, I remember the Wheeler thing. Uh, that obviously sucks, but it sounded like uh, it sounded like he was, you know, in good spirits or whatever, but just like unable to leave Minnesota at the time because he was quarantined. Correct. So, um, but yeah. Anyway. If Shifley's out, there's a little bit of value there, especially because they're going to go against Anaheim for what feels like the millionth time this season. Um, I think they've actually played all, they've played three times in the first six or seven games of the year. So 
Um, you know, obviously a good matchup there. But okay, um, let's get two things. Calgary I'm, at New Jersey. Yeah. Are you ready? Yeah, I am. Um, I'm actually just tilting because I thought I'd updated my natural stat trick uh, little script thing. And I found out that I did not add a abbreviation for Seattle. Um, so after the show, I will need to add that so I can pull their data into uh, this little script here. But anyway, Calgary at New Jersey, um, you know, uh, Lindholm, Gaudreau, Kachuk, uh, they are all pretty good. They're all pretty expensive, honestly. Um, this is a Dougie Hamilton revenge game. If you sort of skip a couple teams, you know? Um, so I don't know. It, to me, I don't know how interested I am in this game besides probably just maybe running back this backland uh, Coleman, yeah, especially backland at 2.6. It's just far too cheap for the role he plays. Um, you know, he's never going to be a high rates guy. Like certainly uh, whatever I got from him, the 20 point game he put up in my lineup is unlikely <laughs> to happen again, but he plays 17 minutes, gets power play time and will be in a pretty up-tempo environment. 2,600, you could do far, far worse. Um, anyone, you know, really stand out to you on this New Jersey side, especially with no hues. I know they sort of had to mix things up a little bit. Um. Honestly, this game, I'm not going to say it's like a dead stay away, but we have Calgary in a back-to-back and New Jersey. Ah, just really none of these lines look appealing to me. Um, they actually changed them up a little bit. So they had Heischer with uh, Kukinen and, and Sharangovich, right? Sharangovich, I'm going to say it right this year. Yeah, you said it right. Oh, my God. That, um, yep. <laughs> that is it, the biggest it, upset of all. Like, Yeah, so – you know, that, like, the, you know, before they had the, you know, kind of all the top guns with, like, you know, Zaka and everything, but that's no longer. So that did, did move a guy like Mercer at 3,100 into a role with Zaka and Tatar, which might limit his shot on goal upside, which has already been real, real thin. Like, I, like I'm, I guess what I'm getting at here is I'm probably not playing much from this game at all. Um, Calgary has been decent to good at controlling the puck possession. Um, they really spread their minutes out. And you see, you know, once they got up, they really relied on that Coleman line as a shutdown line, which makes a lot of sense, except they are just so good that they just kept shooting and scoring and winning met all the money. Um, but I'm just not going to bet on that here. I, I don't like this game very much overall. Like I'm saying, like really nothing that's driving me to this game as like something I want to target. Yeah. I mean, you're, probably right that the environment here is uh, not something that we want to target. Um, Just as far as like value on the New Jersey side goes, I kind of think that if, uh, you know, if Tomas Sitar is going to break out and break out in the sort of sense where he's going to have a 20 point DraftKings night or whatever, because he's been playing some pretty good hockey, uh, you know, with New Jersey, uh, it'll probably be soon. You know, with no Hughes, he's actually been introduced to the top power play unit. Um, I actually don't know where he wound up in these in the lines that you're talking about or whatever. Um, but it's it's pretty likely to me that like he's underpriced at 4K. Um, so you know, yeah. maybe stacking him up with Dougie so, and T-shirt or whatever. But yeah, 
Right. So yeah, he didn't play. He played with Mercer as his center, and yeah. then he was on the first power play last game. And that first power play unit is seemingly staying the same. So it was cool. Heishier, Zaka, Brett, Hamilton, Tatar. But they broke up Zaka, Brett. Well, Zaka and Brett are on the line together. They broke up Heishier from that. Yeah. Yep. That makes and sense. So like okay. the thing about it, like I get what you're saying. Like Tatar is probably the trigger man on that line, and he can be a trigger man on that power play. Um, I haven't really seen enough from the power play unit yet to like lead me to that being true. But at 4K, you could definitely do worse. I I, you know, I don't think the minutes are going to be great there for him, but he did get 17 against Buffalo, three shots and an assist. So I, I don't know. It's fine. That's about the only thing that like like I get what you're saying, but I'm probably not going to be overly bullish on that game. So you want to move over to Tampa at Pittsburgh? Yeah. Um, just one more thing. Ty Smith is 2600. Um, you know, he's, he, he practiced yeah. by two as well. Yeah. So. Yeah. He's never going to be like a huge uh, rates guy or anything like that. But for 2.6, um, if you need a punt, he's a really, he, he's just a good player. Um, you know, I, I, I probably like a Sam Gerard esque type player where like he's not going to be DFS relevant, you know, uh, 80% of the time. But if you, you know, if you're looking for a guy who's going to be out there, has a lot of talent and certainly could get a multi point game. Um, Ty Smith is probably one of your best bets in terms of like absolute pure punts. Um, so let's uh, get on over to Tampa Pittsburgh, unless you wanted to add anything. No, uh, okay. to, yeah, I feel like we're already going really long, but that's okay. We're having fun. So hey, it's, a, it's a victory stop. lap pod. We, we can it's talk true. about that's nothing true. else and add value because, you know, like whatever, you know, yeah, you know, take, take your victory, <laughs> mile. You know, take a victory mile, but anyways, Tampa Bay <laughs> yeah. just got beaten up got beaten up by buffalo and as you mentioned you know pittsburgh has um i'm just going to read off their four starting centers from their seven to one win against toronto we had bluger rodriguez o'connor and boyle yet they beat toronto seven to one (laughs) so we're talking i was i was at a wedding saturday night and i'm just like looking at it i'm like what make any sense (laughs) how I, i think i think my favorite part is if you go to hockey viz and you look at their third unit of Friedman and, and Pedersen, they had five goals for <laughs> like their third unit that played like 18 minutes. It's like whenever they were on the ice, Pittsburgh just happened to have, to have they had to score. There was no other option for them. So yeah, it's, well, it's a really I, weird game because of that. Dude, freaking Marcus Pedersen was 80% possession in the game. <laughs> like, so or, no, sorry, 85. Yeah. I can't even read. Wait, 90? Maybe 90. I don't know. Whatever. But like, so, so here, just here's dominated. what I'm doing. Here's what I'm going to do. Not play the stupid game. <laughs> because I'm not going to spend way up on Tampa. I think there's the punts, like you mentioned, and like Barry Boulay and stuff that, you know, like you said, Perry Boulay didn't get there for you, but he's not in a terrible spot on that power play. I, I don't love this game. I just don't really want to play it. Um, I see the narrative of like, well, maybe go back to the Tampa well after losing to the Sabres, like whatever, but I'm, I'm not doing it. Um, Tampa hasn't really, you know, they did, they did get the uh, 36 shots on net and like Anderson kind of Anderson to them, but I don't know. I, I don't love it personally. Like I see why Stamkos is appealing here because yeah. he has been really good, but I, I just, I'm probably not going to get myself to do it. Um, yeah, you know, um, out the minutes of it. it. It's so expensive. Tampa's so expensive. 
Yeah, especially because Hedman's sort of the guy like that. I, you know, that that's just, I mean, he's been really good. Like there's no getting around that. Um, but just him being so prohibitively priced is, uh, you know, it's tough. I, what really interested me about Barry Boulay on the, you know, this late wasn't necessarily like the, the spot or anything, but it was that I could play him and Corey Perry, uh, which I did in the lineup didn't, didn't do much of anything, but um, I could use a center and a wing spot for that rather than two wing spots. Uh, they did move Barry Boulay back over to wing for this slate. So I still do like Corey Perry. Um, you know, with no Kucherov, he's on the top power play. Uh, basically, they just sort of kicked Kalorn out wide, or actually they kicked point out wide and then put Kalorn sort of like in the slot rather than net front. Um, so Perry still is on the top power play. And, you know, if you're talking sub 3K guys who can get a goal, Corey Perry's probably chief uh, among, you know, like the guys on the slate who fit that mold, which is why I think that's always valuable. Um, and then getting Barry Boulay, who, like we mentioned, um, will be on Perry's line. Uh, we're assuming, by the way, that Pat Maroon will not make it to Pittsburgh to join the team and dress. Uh, his wife had a baby, I believe, this morning, like Monday morning. Um, so maybe he makes it there, you know, so keep an eye on that, obviously. Um, but I also, you know, uh, wouldn't be surprised to see someone like uh, Ketchuk or Taylor Radish be taken out of the lineup because like those guys are not good either. So it's not like Barry Boulay is like definitely going to sit in this one. Um, and all of that is assuming that Tampa doesn't go full blender mode after getting, you know, curb stomped. So just some thoughts there on the Pittsburgh side. It, to me, it really is. I don't want to say it's the Evan Rodriguez show because I think there are other viable options. You know, it's not like you need, he's not like he's the only value play available, but I kind of think that you had might be the best value um, available. Like he's playing on a power play unit with uh, Gensel, you know, Kappen and Zucker. So it's basically their top power play at the, at the moment, assuming nothing else changes. So I would expect him to get all the minutes alongside Gensel as well, five on five, which means 3.9, the dude is just underpriced. Uh, you know, he has three goals on the season. He has 17 shots in five games. Like he's doing far better than a 4K center um, would imply. So I think he's a great value and I'll probably build some stacks around him. Uh, John Marino and... Mike Matheson are the key guys who get roll boosts with no uh, Latang. So any thoughts here before we move beyond the seven o'clock block? No, no. I think these two are probably my least favorite games um, combined. I have a lot more interest in later games. Um, I, like I said, I think you already basically covered really well is that there is value here. Like you can definitely find some punts that are very worth playing, Yeah, and but I don't think I'm overly bullish on stacking. Um, yeah. Okay. But so, it, so the one thing I'll say is that this game currently is a six and a half total. Uh, there is no other game that is a six and a half. So, you know, uh, that not that wild. you need to be slaves to Vegas, but um, it's definitely something really? that I think should be a part of. Yeah. I mean, it's Pittsburgh, dude. Holy like, crap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pittsburgh is not, not good offensively. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you the question then before we move on, does any part of you consider John Marino, who does not shoot, but plays all of the minutes in first power play? Like, are you yeah, even... Um, so, technically, going into that game, it was supposed to be Mike Matheson. 
And you'll notice that for Rodriguez's power play goal, it was actually Mike Matheson, you know, on the ice with them. Um, so I definitely prefer Matheson, though you there it is. totally there's the good right. take. Like you totally could I, be I, right I, that I, it's John Marino. I think, I think no, I think I think that's the right take. I think Matheson's definitely the right take because I, I do think that that's gonna come together and he's kind of coming back from an injury. I think the minutes could get there. But yeah, Marino, no, I think I personally think Marino's a great play too. I just prefer Matheson. Um, you know, just looking at this price range, I think those two guys are pretty clearly above like the rest of the fray. Um, but yeah, there's some guys you know, you could I, also consider. I, I could see a couple, like if I, I think tomorrow I'll probably run two lineups. I, I really think one of them will have a two man Pittsburgh stack in it. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, like I said, basically not a lot of my salary is going to come out of this game because I'm just not spending up on these Tampa guys. They are, you know, they're fine, but we can move on to Vegas at Colorado, the 8 PM special. Now, Matt, you, you mentioned it to me before we started and I almost didn't want to believe you, but can you even try to afford Vegas here? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the thing. Like, even if I wanted to, I, I simply just don't think I could. Um, like Chandler Stevenson is 6,800. Um, you know, so that's really the first sign of, you know, uh, doom, danger, whatever. Um, and it just gets worse from there. You know, uh, Petrangelo up above 7K. Uh, Shea Theodore even priced up to 6,300. Um, like, I don't know it. So for me, this isn't even a question of pricing though, because it's confirmed, not, not my worst nightmare, certainly, but something that I thought preseason was, uh, this Vegas team doesn't look very deep. And while that depth is being tested mightily with no patches and no stone, uh, for the foreseeable future, um, and yeah, it's to me, this is just a team that I'm going to be staying away from all season. I am going to be playing goalies against them as, as often as I can. Uh, now, would I want to play Darcy Kemper at 8,500 here? Maybe he probably won't be like my main goalie or anything, though, just based on the price. Um, but Vegas is a team that I will in general be fading, you know, until basically until they rub my nose in it a few times because I, I just haven't really seen it from them. They, they do not look good. They are not playing, they're playing high event hockey, but they're not really playing dangerous hockey offensively. Um, so it's a team that I'm really enjoying stacking against and I'm enjoying playing goalies against. And yeah, I mean, you can find some value, but there's not a ton of it and I don't particularly like it. So for me, this is Colorado or nothing. Yeah, yeah, my, I, I really do like Colorado here a lot. I, I mean, I think that as far as upper price stacks and you're really breaking the bank. I, I really do think it's a great play um, yeah. for all the reasons you said. I, I wonder if it'll get a little bit underowned because no. of the Vegas matchup that people might. Well, I mean, smart people will look into it and realize what you said that well, it is a good matchup, but your I mean, lay person might not see it. No, so here's why. Here's why the lay person won't overlook it. Um, you open up DraftKings.com. You click on center position, and you see Nathan McKinnon, Chandler Stevenson. Elias Pettersson, Guy on IR, Jack Hughes, and then you just sort of shut it down. You go like, what, what the hell am I doing? Uh, Andrew Kopp, 6K, by the way. Uh, we'll get to that. Um, and McKinnon is just the only guy worth spending up on. Like, obviously, like yeah. mo- many of these guys are good plays, but as far as like the top end studs, it's McKinnon, it's Rantanen, and then it's, you know, Stamkos, Kyle Connor, Victor Hedman, Roman Yossi. There's no Matthews, there's no McDavid. 
Um, so people will absolutely load up on me McKinnon. I'm not saying that's a bad thing to do, but I just think that there's almost no other alternative in terms of like uh, spending up. And that's just the way so many people play. Like they, they try and jam in this, the best plays and then use values to make it work. And we've talked about so many values already through the first uh, two games that it's not that hard pressed in my opinion to make a good Colorado lineup. So, you know, yeah. I just, I don't think they'll be under is my point. But okay. go, go on. That's fair. I, I mean, like there is a 100% certainty that I have a full McKinnon, Randon, Landis, Cog stack. It kind of does I, everything I want. And you, that's, that's kind of what I was, I might as well have just said that. I'm I think you it. should, I think you should play McCarr with that too, by the way. I, because we talked I about mean, his price. He's 6k. Yeah. Like, it, you know. it is doable. I was trying to kind of look how doable it was. It, it's definitely doable, but you're probably playing pit with that. And I don't think that's like, I think you, you kind of talked me into like, at first I felt like I'm not playing Pittsburgh, but then I'm like, wait, they, besides Gensel, their most expensive player is 4,400. Mm-hmm. Like, it, you know, so yeah, if it does feel like I could get there, um, that, that might be kind of the two stacks that, that fit together. And it might end up being, you know, you're kind of getting into who are your one-offs going to be that get you there. But um, I think there's, there's enough of me in the bone. I don't really have interest in anyone else on Colorado other than that first line. Like, I just don't think it's worth it. They, in a competitive game against Tampa, gave most of their fourth liners like six, seven minutes. So yeah, mm-hmm. um, they're they're yeah. really kind of running it all through. So if you think this game could be competitive at all, which I think there's a reason to believe Vegas can, you know, March or so and, and the defenseman could put up a couple goals. Um, keep it interesting, and, and then McKinnon might just absolutely smashes for you. I, I yep. think that's kind of the way this slate's going to break for me. And then in another lineup, I'll, I'll get to the game stack. I'm probably going to end up having, but um, yeah, and just as Vegas is concerned, it's March or so and no one for me. Um, yeah, that line in general, but March or so is actually a really good play here. Even super duper unlucky as I Corsi for 60 is the best on the team. I mean, it would be patch ready, but he's on long term IR now, so we will not see him for a while. Like, he's actually a good play. Um, just a little bit expensive, but it, it's doable, especially if you like want to try to have a bring back in your lineup and you can't really do it with, if you have all four of the big Colorado, but, um, yep. yeah, you, you make a list of the unluckiest players on the slate so far and March or so is up there. He's in the top 10 easily. Um, just as, as in terms of looking at sort of like you're saying his shot rate, um, his, you know, primary assists, his, whatever, his, his expected goals, so on and so forth. Um, he's, ba- he's just simply not getting the results that his play has deserved. Um, just while I'm looking at the list, a few other guys fitting similar criteria, uh, Nick Ellers, um, he's definitely up there. Josh Anderson, Johnny Goodrow, uh, Nick Suzuki, Mackachuk, and then we get to March or so. So like March or so at his price is reasonable, I think. Though yeah. what makes it tough is his line mates are just so expensive. Petrangelo is so mm-hmm. expensive. So for me, it's a stay away, but you certainly could, you know, go that route and feel pretty good about it because they'll be throwing everything they have at Colorado uh, for obvious reasons. Um, so one other guy on Colorado, uh, note that Comfer is still on the top power play, not Kadri. Um, both of those guys are reasonably priced uh, 4.8 for Kadri, 5k for Comfer. They saw a lot of minutes along with the top line. Like it was truly uh, those five guys got all the, the forward minutes and then everyone else was basically a fourth liner. 
Um, so if this game is competitive, expect something similar uh, again. So I think that just makes Colorado forwards even better of plays because we know that they'll sort of break the glass and play them for above 20 minutes, uh, which some teams just won't do. Um, but in the interest of keeping things moving, San Jose at Nashville. Um, I already mentioned the big price that stands out to me is Brent Burns. Um, unfortunately, Ily Tolvanen uh, sounds like he is um, sounds like he's I would say he's doubtful to play in this one. Uh, he took a really brutal hit from Spurgeon um, and he left almost immediately on Sunday and did not return. Um, haven't seen any updates since, but you know it, it looked really bad, honestly. Um, so I'll, I would not be surprised if he was out for like a week or, or more. Um, so keep that in mind because he was playing on the line with Phil Forsberg, um, which obviously we would have liked a lot here. Um, but instead, it was a vintage Ryan Johansson, uh, Matt Duchesne type of night, um, which I don't know about you, but that does not make me feel very good because um, now Johansson is up at fifty four hundred dollars. Um, you know, Philip Forsberg is obviously pretty expensive, seventy one hundred. Um, but to me, it just sort of prices these Nashville guys almost out of consideration because uh, one, San Jose's looked okay. And second, like, I just don't know that their offense is as condensed as these price tags would make it seem like. Yeah, no, I, I really do think Brent Burns is like a great, great, great cash play um, in general, but I don't know how I'm going to talk myself into really any of these players as like great. I mean, uh, I don't know. I, I don't hate the centers. Um, for San Jose, like Hurdle or Couture, but all the shots seem to be coming from Timo Mayer, and they finally priced him up to a proper price um, at 6,600. So, yeah, I don't have a ton of interest in this in this game. as like, uh, you know, hey, let's game stack. Let's go all in on this. What's the over-under? Do you have it up? Uh, this one is currently at a six. So, yeah. you know, not a, I mean, not a five and a half, but not a six yeah. and a half. So. I, I honestly think I'm going to end up with Reimer as one of my goalies. Um, I know goalie is voodoo, so who freaking knows? But I, I do think that that makes some sense here. Uh, I don't think Nashville has a ton of finishers, especially if Tolvanen's out, mm-hmm. which, like I said, we expect. So, yeah. you know, you're really just hoping that they can shut down that top line. And I think that Reimer has been actually pretty freaking good this year. And, you know, I know he had the, the come in 20 save shutout, even though they still lost against Boston on Sunday, but he looked pretty good. And, you know, th- who is the highest rate? I course over 60 player on Nashville. It's, a, uh, it's Holdenin who has been shooting a ton in his limited role. Um, so he misses and they got a lot of guys that uh, a, I don't think I have a lot of finishing ability. I think I've already pretty much summed that up. So that's kind of my take on this game is play Reimer. Um, if you need to punt goalie, which mm-hmm. might happen if you play Colorado, just a hint, I guess. Um, and then is there any cheaper plays you want to get to here or? Um, um, yeah, I mean, it's very easy for, you know, for, for me to say like, oh yeah, Jonathan Dolan, like just keep using that value. 4,200 now, he's a bit more expensive uh, than he has been, but, um, you know, so that sort of makes it a little bit dicier than money was say like 3K. Um, in terms of playing him. But I really think for me that uh, Timo, because Timo, I think is honestly still underpriced for what he's been doing. 
Um, he's averaging just about eight shot attempts per game, like just disgusting stuff from the guy. Um, and, you know, Burns is definitely a great play too. Those guys are power play correlated. And then Logan Couture, you're right. He's not as big a shooter though. If you look at expected fantasy points per game, uh, because he's been like the primary setup guy for them and is doing just enough in terms of getting shots and getting, uh, you know, more importantly, getting really dangerous, high quality chances, um, he and Timo Mayer are actually back to back behind only Kyle Connor, Victor Hedman, and Johnny Gaudreau in terms of expected fantasy points per game so far, you know, limited sample and all that. Um, but Couture is really underpriced at 5,500. If you consider that <laughs> Chandler Stevenson is 6,800, you know? Um, so just sort of like in the context of the slate, like Joel and Eck is more expensive. Andrew Kopp is more expensive. Um like, I think Couture honestly still makes for a very good play. Um, if it sounds like they'll be chalky, because obviously San Jose 1 has had great success so far this year, then I might be tempted to stay away. But for now, I think that he's sort of going in as like one of my main uh, guys that I like. And, you know, with that, the Burns, Couture, Timo stack, you know, especially if you're not playing Colorado, since obviously that's almost impossible to fit. Um but I think that's really an area where I'm going to try and make an exception to get that those guys stacked up here. Um, yeah, so we pretty much covered everything that I have interest in. Sounds like Eklund will be back if you really want to get a bit contrarian. Like, he's 2.9, and the other power play unit is good, too. Like, uh, it's good. I just don't think I'll... You know, I don't want too much of this game across my lineups, and I'd just much rather spend up on the San Jose one rather than sort of roll the dice on the second unit and all that. So uh, do you want to bring us over to the next game? Yeah, so I, I really do love this game a lot. Um, it's Minnesota at Vancouver. I, I love playing against Vancouver. I think this game actually might be the one that gets overlooked, and I, I am considering a little bit of a game stack here just because of that. Um, I guess the, the the good and the bad with we'll start with Minnesota is that they do spread the minutes a little bit um, to the top guys. They get, they get a bit more run, but they are kind of expensive and they haven't really performed. Um, I mean, they, you know, honestly, I mean, the Minnesota one definitely won a slate here or there, but they're real expensive here. Um, I think Vancouver is a much cheaper way of doing things, although they changed their lines. But I, I do think this game actually has pretty good upside am i wrong to say it um so i mean you're probably right and this game will be overlooked uh the total is a five and a half right now uh minnesota is obviously one of the best defensive teams um they're not known for pushing the tempo even though you know like you mentioned the erickson caprizov uh have they i'm pretty sure i was looking at their numbers and they were like hold on let me top of the league I mean, they're crushing Corsi themselves. I don't know. I mean, like they're yeah, getting a lot that, of Corsi. that's fair. They're sure. they're getting they're getting so many chances themselves. I guess it is sort of making them a bit higher tempo um, than right. usual. But yeah, I mean, I think that the, you know, uh, don't let me tell you not to stack against Vancouver. Uh, I will be the yeah, first right. one to tell you, like, yeah, go for it. Um, yeah, these two teams are pretty much both middle of the pack and Corsi against for sixty on the season in all strengths. Um, but I kind of think those. I mean, you know who number one is right now? Natural Statrix says like the highest Corsi against per 60. It's the highest the or the lowest? Yeah. The yeah. high, like the, the highest number. Like, so like things. They've been right. Yeah, they've been. No, for sure. It's it's real. Honestly, I'm throwing out most numbers. 
uh, yeah, except right, to prove right. my points. Like if I can prove my priors based off them, then sure, like I'll, I'll help them. But otherwise, I'm just like, and that's that's a legitimate take. I'm not trying to be facetious. Like obviously, that's confirmation bias 101. But I'm basically at the point in the season where yeah, it, we've seen small amounts, but I'm really just using the player usage to sort of adjust my priors and then. As we sort of get up to like the 10 game mark, then I'll say like, okay, this team's actually bad defensively or whatever. Um, Cause I'm just yeah. simply not willing to make that admission at this point. Like I, I kind of feel like my off season research, my off season takes are uh, good enough to at least try and write out for, you know, uh, more than a week and a half or two weeks. So that's honestly where my head's at when it comes to this sort of stuff. Um, which, yeah, which obviously means like this game could easily go over the five and a half. Um, you yeah, mentioned that's what I'm thinking. Okay, you mentioned some new lines for Vancouver. Uh, yep. Pearson, Horvat, Garland uh, remains the same, but JT Miller, Pedersen, Besser. Uh, you you guys all know that line, of course. Uh, Besser's just super cheap. Um, yeah, he's not so, the first power play though. Yep. But still the same. Yep, no, you're right, and that's that's definitely a tough part of it. Um, though that could obviously, you know, that that could obviously change because. Last year, it was, you know, just replaced Chase on with Besser on the power play, and that's what they tried. So, I don't know. It's it's weird. You know, I don't know why coaches love Alex Chason so much, um, but it is what it is. So, for me, I'm just staying away from stacking against Minnesota. I don't even I, – I just – I can't pay for Eric Sinek and Zuccarello at above 6000 each. Uh, even Matt Dumba, who's been a constant source of value, 6,200. Like, I don't know. I, I think I'm staying away from this game myself. But if you had, you know, one spot in here, where are you going to go? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the, the game stack is it, is tough, like you mentioned. But I think it's something that I'm, I'm going to try to fit. And I think just taking, um, you know, five, six guys from this game, it, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, there's no one guy besides Kaprizov that's really, really expensive. Um, I mean, you could even talk me into like just playing Spurgeon instead because he gets the first power play looks, although he hasn't had the shot volume. That's Dumba. Like Dumba's been really, really freaking good. But I guess it would just be like a Caprizov, um, Caprizov, Ericssonek, Spurgeon, or Dumba, and then just play like Pedersen with Besser and hope that and maybe even Miller, just like all six of them, and then just I don't even know what that would do. Is that going to just completely tank all your? <laughs> I feel like that. Probably. <laughs> Probably. I feel like I may. Have, um, I feel like that's just. It's something I'm going to toy around with and try to figure yeah. out because I do like. Like I said, I think this game, a, it. I think it has a lot of concentrated, you know, chance for these top two lines on both sides. Um, I don't know where I would go with other guys on Minnesota besides Fiala, so maybe I try to run that Fiala Kaprizov look, something of that, something like that might be fun. Um, just hoping the power play smashes. Um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of different ways of doing it. I think I think Vancouver is a bit easier to figure out. Uh, you can even play Bo Horvat 4400, which is like a great value. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, Horvat is just obnoxiously underpriced. Um, yeah, that that seems that seems real nice. So if you wanted to maybe play him and say Tanner Pearson, I I honestly could get behind that. Uh, Pearson comes in at just three thousand. Like I'm not playing Connor Garland at 6,100. No. Like he's been good for them, um, but you know he's getting second power play time and he's not seeing you know like 20 minutes or whatever. So I might as well just take a cheaper version, 
in Tanner Pearson to go with Horvat. Um, so yeah, I, I think that uh, that's nice. And then the other guy who honestly I thought would pop a little bit more looking at just like the, the numbers based on sort of what I've seen when I've been watching Minnesota is Freddie Gaudreau. Uh, he just always seems to be around the puck for these guys and he's 3,700. I think he will be, you know, virtually unowned. Um, but he's been getting power play time on the second unit and he's sort of been like their, uh, uh, so obviously this could change, but he's sort of been like a trigger guy there and he's centering Kevin Fiala at five on five. So, um, you know, consider this like your 1% play of the day, but I honestly am kind of liking what I'm seeing from Freddie Gaudreau. Um, you know, like he's obviously a little overpriced, I think just for the name brand, but if you want to get some Fiala exposure and don't want to pay through the nose for the rest of the top power play, um, I think taking his line mate, you know, assuming that stays as is and morning skate and all of that uh, is a nice little mini stack there. So uh, just my last thought on that game. Okay. Yeah, I think that'll make, I mean, it really, the thing is we, we named every possible player in this game now that could possibly do anything. It feels like, I mean, um, but like I said, I, I do think this game will get overlooked. And well, I mean, that's what happens. We go game by game. We have to talk about the good players in the game. Like, you know, that's, yeah, so, so we, we leave it up to I our, guarantee we, we leave it up to off. our intelligent, uh, handsome, you know, listeners to make that, uh, those decisions for themselves now that we're going game by game. Uh, so, okay, so let's get yeah. on. Let's get on over to Winnipeg at Anaheim. Uh, like the prior game, this game is also currently a five and a half over under. Uh, spoiler alert: the last game also five and a half because it has, uh, you know, uh, well we'll talk about it. But anyway, Winnipeg Anaheim, uh, we've seen it twice already. Uh, Kyle Connor just averaging a ho hum twenty nine fantasy points per game in those two uh, matchups with, you know, Anaheim. Um, so DJ Kyle Connor, question mark. Yeah. I mean, he's been unbelievable. He's one of my favorite players. I really, really liked him in best ball, which has been a very rewarding experience, but um, yeah, I mean, it, it's expensive. I don't love the matchup. I, I really, you know, he's, he's done it twice. So who, who am I to say, but I really do think that this game is pretty big dud potential. Um, and I think that it's going to be somewhat popular just because of how concentrated the minutes are for Winnipeg, like Cobb, Stastny, and Connor all at 22, 22, and Cobb at 24. Um, you know, so it's, I, I could definitely see the narrative of why you could talk yourself into it because if Winnipeg gets there, it's pretty obvious like who it's going to be through, but I'm just not thinking it's going to do that. So I'm more than likely going to be out on it myself. Um, and I just don't really have much interest in Anaheim, but they are cheap. So if the, you know, recent games or anything to go off of, then, you know, Anaheim might be, might be a fair play. Like Raquel has been awesome and 4,700, I think he's a, a good value, but. Yeah. It's, it's just offensive to have Raquel this cheap. Um, yeah. You know, so that really, even Trevor Zegras, you know, um, like we we talked about him a bit last week when he got priced up to well he was uh, what 59 opening night against Winnipeg, um, he he was still at sort of like the 5k range the last time we did uh, a show together, and then now he's sort of come down to 4300. Now, 
I don't think you can play him as a one-off. Like he, he is a better rate shooter than I think the first couple games showed. And, you know, he's backed that up with four straight games at three or four shots on goal. Um, however, I think that one, uh, Raquel is such a good value and two Zegers is playing all of his time and obviously is the setup guy for Ricard Raquel, um, that I think you sort of just almost have to play him, you know, with Ricky racks. Um, but I think that's an incredible mini stack. Uh, it's obviously it's below the average cost of a position player. So like you're, you're really saving money to spend up elsewhere too, with the stack. Um, keep an eye on who the third wheel on their line is. Um, so far it's been Adam Henrique. Henrique did lose his power play job though, to Max Comtois and Comtois, you know, played with them on the, uh, in the preseason. So whether it's Henrique or Comtois, um, they're also sort of like a tertiary value play to fit in there. And I think that makes a lot of sense. Um, and then sort of another secondary type play, Jamie Drysdale is up 4K. Um, and there you go. They're, they're sort of like the main guys on Anaheim. I don't really think you want to dig you know, any deeper than that. It just sounds like you're asking for a disaster on a seven game slate. But, you know, um, there's obviously other okay plays that we've talked about before, like Getzlaff and um, Silverberg, but I'm not really rushing to jam those guys in myself here. No, no. Rick Brickell is in cash is a lock. Um, yeah. And then Winnipeg is very concentrated. Yep. I think GPP Ellers makes a ton of sense. Yep. Um, he has 11 shots in the past two games, no goals. Yeah, like Lug- like I Gattiata. mentioned, he is the unluckiest player on the slate right now, just in terms of okay. what he's generated for himself. Um, he, he's just not getting the results that he deserves. So I could definitely see that working, uh, though it's tough to correlate him, honestly. So yeah, uh, he's good one. I mean, like, what, what are your, I, I'm going to say this. You can tell me I'm stupid, and that's fine. What about playing him, like, rather than a Landeskog? Like taking McKinnon, Rantanen, and um, what's his freaking name? McCarr, hoping that Landeskog doesn't score and maybe misses out on one assist um, or something like that, and then hoping that Ellers just smashes because, like, you're not getting Ellers in with all four of them. Yeah, is that just kind of stupid? Like, you're kind of just like cutting yourself at the knees a little no, bit. No, I too think much? you, I think you can. Um, it's just so the thing is, is like, what do you? get when you're right and so basically what you're saying is you have to not only be right that Colorado first line has a great night but you also have to be right that Nick Ellers sort of outscores uh Landeskog in terms of raw points and I don't know if that's a bet I'm willing to make myself um I think you might be better served if you were to say you know maybe go with a uh cheap Winnipeg defenseman with that and say you know uh yeah, Nick Ellers is not likely to go off, let's say, with uh, whatever, Josh Morrissey. Uh, sorry, is Josh Morrissey actually still cheap here? I, I just sort of um, lazily assumed he is. Yeah, okay, 4,400. 4, it, it's, it's okay, I guess. Um, but I think that's sort of the mindset you would want to take. Maybe even like a Logan Stanley, like, you know, as gross as that is, basically saying like, yeah, if Ellers gets a couple of goals or a couple of points and, you know, someone really cheap is involved in them, at least you're getting that backdoor correlation where you're not just relying on Ellers by himself outscoring, you know, like Gabe Landeskog, for example, and making the rest of your lineup like uh, without making it better, you know, without correlated pieces in Nick Ellers. So 
Um, to me, it's a little too fine of a needle to thread, but I could certainly, I think you can do it. And I think you can do it, you know, uh, in certain ways that are better than, than others. So, all right. Okay. Yeah. That was just, just a thought I thought of. Yeah. Let's, let's, uh, let's get to the last game of the night. Uh, we have Montreal at Seattle, um, Seattle just recently opening their arena, uh, taking a nice cold L to Vancouver. Um, yeah, DJ, what are, what are your thoughts here? Um, I mean, I think a lot of people are going to come to Yanni Gord, uh, jam him in their lineups, 4,100. He's getting a ton of minutes, ton of usage. His shots haven't been unbelievable, but he seems to be like the, the, the best play in this game overall. Uh, Montreal is broken. They don't know what they're doing at all. I'm not sure if I'm willing to talk myself into it. They did have the six-goal outing against Detroit, which, you know, was cool, I guess. They... Uh, they, 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 they had that, they had, it was a pro hat trick. Um, so, <laughs> I forgot you know. about that. Yeah. That's good. Yep. Not Parento this time. Pro. Nope. Nope. Not, not Parento. Nope. No, no, no. So yeah, like, yeah, I don't have a ton of interest personally. Like I, I don't know. It, it, it's even harder. Cause like you can't even go to like historical stats with Seattle. You just got like nothing to go off of. And then they bring back guys like Gord and change up everything. So it's a really hard game to pinpoint. Um, Montreal still running four lines. Cole Caulfield in that six goal game had 13 minutes. Like, I, I just don't really have a ton of interest in trying to figure it out myself. Um, I, you know, is there anything you like? Well, let's start with Montreal. Is there anything that you're interested in here on Montreal? Um, because Mike Hoffman. Yeah, Mike Hoffman always interests me. Um, he's just a unique, you know, he's a unicorn where like no matter where he is, no matter what unit he's on, if he's on the ice, guys are trying to set him up. Uh, he has one of the most unique weapons with his one-timer. Um, so, you know, I, I think that something like a, like, I don't know if I want to go full line, like Suzuki Hoffman Gallagher was the line. Um, I, I think that's sort of my preferred way to go, honestly. Um, you know, uh, but it's also really interesting that Josh Anderson is still so cheap. Uh, Anderson, Drew, and Dvorak are all very inexpensive as well. So, you know, it, it's some, it's really interesting, I think, to say the least, that Montreal's here. Um, maybe they've become a good team again. I don't know. Um, but there's, it's certainly very inexpensive for you to find out, I will say, um, you know, and right. honestly on the Seattle side too, it's very inexpensive. Yeah. I to mean, find out. yeah, it, it, like Yanni Gord and Jaden Schwartz, five on five correlated and power play correlated, mm-hmm. unless that things change. No, nope. 22 minutes for Gord, 19 minutes for Schwartz. Schwartz has been yeah. terrible, but he's 31 freaking hundred. Yeah. I mean, and that is, yeah, that's cool. I, I think I, I'm going to say it's cool. I think it's cool. Yeah, I've probably, I mean, I, I sat here three years ago when Schwartz was already dusted saying, you know, oh, last year he and Tarasenko primary points per 60 last three years, they're top 20 in the NHL, like just keep riding them. And Jaden Schwartz did basically nothing, um, you know, for, for that entire time, but he's being priced like it and he's being given the role. Um, I think that their third line mate in Kai Arncroft makes for a great correlation play. He, you know, he gets all that time with them. He kills some penalties. He's also in the second power play. Um, so it's not like he's going to get game scripted out of things. Like he's going to be on the ice no matter what and makes for a nice little correlation piece. Um, 
Yeah, they they so, lose yeah. two to four. They lose two to four to Vancouver. They have both their goals going from defenders. Um, you know, yeah. game games like if you're just looking at like you know, I, and, I just don't buy that happening too often. Montreal gives up a lot against. Sure, um, and uh, Vince Dunn is very cheap, thirty five hundred for Vince Dunn. Yeah. Uh, we we know, uh, you know, like what Vince Dunn can do offensively. He's you know super talented. Uh, it seems like he's being given a decent role in Seattle. So. Um, you know, I, I really think you can buy almost any cheap piece on either one of these teams and, and not feel terrible about it. Um, so I would say just be selective. Like I wouldn't say try to get pieces of all five lines that are reasonably in play. Like I literally think there are five lines that are in play here. Um, but I, I think getting pieces of say three of them across, you know, uh, seven, eight, nine, ten 10 teams, I think that's perfectly defensible because of just how cheap these guys are and how little they need to do, you know, relatively speaking in order to pay off, um, you know, feasibly, you know, you could play three different lines and they could all hit and this game could still be, you know, four to three or whatever. Like it doesn't have to be a crazy high scoring game for a lot of players to meet their salary uh, expectation. So, all right, uh, that'll do it for the slate. Uh, let's, you know, quickly recap things with a couple guaranteed goals and our favorite stack. Um, but, you know, uh, yeah, anything else you want to add? Mm, nope. Favorite stacks, guarantee goals, start with stacks. Um, are we just saying no Colorado one? Is that just the rule? Yeah, I would say the, the, the best non-Colorado stack because Colorado is the best stack. Um, you know, uh, so let's uh, let's just exclude them from consideration. Okay, then, I mean, I think that... I mean, honestly, I think I I think with as cheap stacks go, there's there's three options, and I'll take one of them right now. I am gonna just go with the you know, I'll I'll do it the Matheson, Erod, and then you could kind of go a lot of different directions there. Uh, Genzel is not cheap; he's probably gonna get really overlooked, so yep. might be worth doing. I'll I'll just do that just to make it simple, but. Um, there's other options there. Pittsburgh is really, really, really cheap in a six and a half over under. For sure. Um, you may have been right all along. Honestly, you can take, I think you can stack up Mathis and Marino. Like they're not going to correlate at all. But I think if the, if the environment is such where like, you know, they're playing their main guys, it's a close game, uh, maybe some power plays. They could easily both hit the hit the blocks bonus, get a couple shots, pick up a point. And it's not that crazy. Like, I think they are just extremely good values. Um, so, yeah, I do like that Pittsburgh side a lot. Um, for mine, I'm going to go a bit more expensive, but I still think it's underpriced in Couture, Timo, and Brent Burns. Um, I, I just think they are all underpriced on the slate for, you know, relative to the guys around them. I kind of don't believe that they will be super highly owned, you know, on the road in Nashville. Um, but you know, you just, I'm just looking at some early season results and Timo's doing exactly what I hoped for, for the last like three seasons. Like he's being given a monster role and he's really taking advantage of it in terms of power play usage and, um, you know, the ability of a guy like Brent Burns to set him up and a guy like Logan Couture to set him up. Um, so I will happily ride that if he's going anywhere close to overlooked on this slate. Okay. Um, All right. Let's guarantee that, a couple goals and get out of here. Okay. That'll work. Um, 
Ah, you know what? I'll do Yanni Cord. Let's do it. He's going to do it. He's going to score. Is he going to put one into a uh, a, a yawning net? Matt, the money does not make it funnier. Did I lose you? Oh, oh, wow. (laughs) There was no reaction. All right. Um, Kind of similar price range, but let's go Ricky Racks for Card Raquel, uh, 47. He's a beast. That's such a better take. <laughs> no, I, dude, Yanni Gord's going to be really popular on this slate. Yeah, and no, I know. I, I'm just saying. I, I think that's right. Like, I think he should be, but, you know. Okay. Um, man. I have 69. Nice, nice. Point, um, Very nice. 100 here. And like, man, if Patrati was playing, ooh, how easy, how easy it could be. Mm-hmm. But alas, he is not. So you know what? We're gonna. Mm, I was gonna say I was literally about to say Kuro Caprizo off who is seventy three hundred, so that wouldn't have worked. Mm-hmm. So you know what? Why don't we just go Timo? Always go Timo. Let's just copy copy my stack. Why don't you? Oh, that's your stack. Crap. I didn't even think about ouch, that. Um, ouch! Big ouch. You know, Fiala. Let's go Fiala. I like that. I mean, four obviously games had like a goal, that. and he has like freaking thirteen shots in four games. Like, wait, probably more than that. Yeah, he's he should score. He's like, he's yeah, got on the unlucky player list for sure. I am going to uh, guarantee you a Kale McCarr goal. Don't stack Colorado without Kale McCarr. Uh, it's all just setting up too well for him. Um, you know, he's just too inexpensive. He hasn't done it yet, but I think it's brewing. I, I think a you know a 19, 20 DraftKings point night is in front of him here. Um, so let's see it. Kale McCarr, guarantee that goal. All right, uh, DJ, what are you up to? I know you're doing Mayo stuff. Um, you're tweeting oh, all the God. time. Like what's, uh, you know, what's your schedule look like there and where can they find you? Um, yeah, no, it, it's been... It's like my entire life right now has is, is been a little bit crazy. So I'm really hoping like next week I have the whole week off. I'm moving. Once that's done, I can get back to actually doing Hockey Assist Network stuff. It just, I, I don't have a desk. I have nowhere to freaking work. Um, so I haven't done anything and I, I don't even feel bad, honestly. Like, I felt bad at first and I was like, I got to get over this because I there's nowhere for me to go. So, but that, that's coming. I'm going to do a lot of videos. It's also kind of tough with such a small sample size to like be like, let's go over these stats. Let's go over these. Like, there's not much yet out there, so we'll get to it. Um, yeah, Mayo Media. I'll be every Monday and Friday, except for next Monday because I'm taking that off because it's my birthday and I'm going to the Browns game. So every Monday and Friday. So I'm hoping to have you covered Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday for all the slates. So just follow me on Twitter and I'll repeat everything but you'll get basically a game by game breakdown of the smaller slates by just me. And maybe sometime, Matt, if you want to pop on, let me know. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, uh, yeah, I mean, I think you guys know, uh, you know, if you're following the pod, if you're subscribed, you're probably already following us on Twitter, uh, but DJ's always retweeting good stuff. So be sure to follow us, get in the discord. Um, and, you know. and the, and the props have really been hitting. I mean, I didn't have a lot of time this weekend and I didn't have like, like, Yesterday, I, I, I hit a lot of good things, but I didn't really like tweet a lot about it. Cause like I said, I was pretty busy all day and after work. So, um, wish I would have tweeted more because I had, I, I think some pretty good takes in there, but the props have been smashing. So if you are in a state that has that stuff legal, um, and if you're in a state that has underdog legal, um, there's been a lot of really good stuff. I'm really, really hoping. And I've talked to the guys at underdog, we're going to have 
more contests as far as the daily is concerned. And those are a ton of fun um, doing those drafts and stuff. So definitely if you're not in the discord, if you're not following us, get in on that. Um, if you're not an underdog, gr- grow up, use the code MSP, get some free money and have some fun. All right. Well, that's certainly enough from all of us. Um, thank you to everyone who's reached out like while we're recording uh, to say, you know, congrats or whatever. Uh, good times for sure. And let's do it again on Tuesday. All right. So from Doug, from DJ, from myself, have a good sleep, everybody. And we will see you.